When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is 77 WABC Sports. Here's Mike Didino. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is another episode of the 77 WABC Sports interview. Today I am joined by the one, the only, Steve Rippey, a.k.a. Fantasy Guides. That's how you guys probably know him. Super popular account on Instagram. He's got 85,000 followers, and I managed to get him on my podcast. We've been DMing for a while. Steve... Nice to finally talk to you. Yeah, man. How's it going? Going well. Appreciate you joining me. So, obviously, we'll be talking some fantasy football today. Let's just jump right into it right now. We'll start with, you know, some of the top news headlines that have came out the last day or two. We'll go through those. We'll go through some top winners and losers from week three. We'll go through some panic meters, free agency ads, and then I'll pretty much get to know you at the end, ask you some questions about yourself and your page. Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. So let's jump into it. The big news, and I guess the big headline this week, is speaking Monday, Lions head coach Dan Campbell suggested that DeAndre Swift could be held out through the team's week six bye. What do DeAndre Swift owners do moving forward? Obviously, Jamal Williams, if he's available, you pick him up, right? Yeah, I think he's got to be the number one. I mean, I, I don't know how much you're putting in on him, but he, he was like a 14th-round pick, so he didn't get him, and he was still sitting on the waiver. I feel like shame on you a little bit if you have Swift, but I would at least put like 40% of your budget to get him. I think he's the top one. Can't get him. You know, some of the other ones, you know, Khalil Herbert or Alexander Madison, if they're available, would be the other two I'd look at. But, yeah, I would definitely prioritize Williams. Williams, to me, I agree. I may even put more than 40%. If I'm a Swift owner, I'm locking up Jamal Williams. Pretty simple. If I have to put 75% of my waiver budget, I'm willing to do that. I want to lock up that Lions backfield. Obviously, you feel like pretty comfortable that you have a borderline running back one in Jamal Williams with Swift out, right? Yeah, and also, this isn't the first time Swift has been injured. So even if you know you only get him for these two weeks, it's not to say Swift won't get dinged up again. So... I agree with that. I think, yeah, 75%. If you're going to go that high, I have no issues with that. Do you have any concerns that Craig Reynolds will eat into Jamal Williams' touches more than Jamal Williams' owner will hope for? Craig Reynolds, seven touches last week. We've seen through the first three weeks of the season the Lions used two running backs. Do you have any concerns that Reynolds could eat into that workload more? Not really. I, I mean, if he, that's probably the max he'd get. I feel like seven touches is probably like his ceiling. I don't see it being that much more than that. If he's just getting seven or fewer touches, I'm not too worried about it. Gotcha. Let's move on to the next headline. Also speaking Monday, Vikings coach Kevin O'Connell said Dalvin Cook will be day-to-day heading into week four. Are you confident that Cook will suit up this week? You know, he had the same thing happen. I mean, he's had issues with his shoulder for a while now, and he had the same thing happen last year. I don't remember. It was I want to say it was like a Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. He wore the shoulder brace, and he had like 30 fantasy points. So I, it's not ideal, and I think there's a chance he does suit up this week. If he doesn't suit up this week, 
I would imagine he does in two weeks. I think he's, it's one of those pain tolerance things that he'll probably end up playing through. And he has done that throughout his career. You mentioned that Thursday night game. That was against the Steelers late in the season. It was Cook's best week of the year, Thursday night against the Steelers. I'm expecting Cook maybe to miss one game, but if not, I think it's Max one game. I'm not too worried about his injury. Mac Jones, another guy, he's likely to miss multiple games. How does this affect the Patriots' offense? Brian Hoyer is now the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. Yeah, if you saw that, I don't know if you ever sprained an ankle, but that looked, he looked like he was in agony. To me, that does look like a multi-week injury. Fortunately for him, he's not like a mobile quarterback, so he might be able to play on it sooner than other quarterbacks might. I'm not optimistic about this offense with Boyer being the long-term quarterback. I think you have to downgrade everybody. Maybe, maybe it doesn't hurt Ramondre quite as much because, you know, maybe he gets some of those check-down receptions. But overall, this is just, I just think, bad news for the entire offense. Definitely for the pass catchers. Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson continue to split work. It seems as if Stevenson is maybe propelled him now in the pecking order as he's getting like 60% of the snaps. I'm still waiting for the yep. week three utilization to come out. If you could only have one New England Patriot running back, who would you rather have the rest of the season? Easily Ramondre for me. He did outsnap him. I think it was just up slightly from last week. It was like 62%, I think, in week two or maybe it was 61%. I think it went up by like a percentage, but it was still like a 60-40 split. But this week he got 17 touches. So I don't remember what Harris's touches were, but but Ramondre definitely got the majority of the work, and he's getting the pass-catching work. He got the touchdown. I'm much higher on him moving forward. One more headline here. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott told NFL Network that he could possibly start Week 5 against the Rams, are you expecting Prescott in Week 5? Do you remember how many games, how many did Russ miss last year? Was it four? I believe Russ missed four. And it seemed like he came back early because when he did come back, he was not great. Doesn't. Seems like it's carried over to this season as well. Yeah. But no, I think that's possible. I think, you know, it'd be a similar time frame to what happened with Wilson. So I would say... Four, you know, if he misses four games and comes back, I think that's definitely a possibility. And it's a, an upgrade for all, obviously, Dallas pass oh, catchers. Yeah. Even though C.D. Lamb has been impressive the last two weeks, is Michael Gallup somebody that fantasy owners should consider picking up? We've seen Noah Brown kind of flourish the last few weeks. Gallup obviously coming off an ACL injury. He's expected to return week four. If he returns and then you get Dak back week five, is Gallup a guy that's like a fringe flex? I think so. I mean, I don't know as far as uh, Dalton Schultz, you know, he could be, you know, slow to come back. And they're kind of desperate for for playmakers in that offense. So, yeah, no, I think that he could be a good add. He's not – I wouldn't prioritize him yet over some of the other guys we had just mentioned. But, you know, if you don't get some of those guys, I think you got to start adding these guys now, you know, if they're available. Because by the time Dak comes back, it's going to be too late. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got for headlines. So let's now move on to week three okay. winners and losers. You got a week three winner for me. Week three winner? You know, there was a few I, I thought of. I did like what I saw from Marquise Brown. 17 targets. We've seen a few receivers now this season get 17 targets, which is just crazy. I think he's a winner in the short term, though. So I feel like if you've got Marquise Brown, I think it's kind of a sell high. Mm-hmm. point for him if you can try to you know before Hopkins comes back but I don't know if you saw in that game also not only did he have like I believe 28 
PPR points, but he also like missed on what could have been an easy like 50 yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. They just missed so on his one. day. Yeah, his day could have been much bigger. So yeah, I think he was a big winner for me. Also, Devonta Smith, I thought he was a big winner. He kind of he looked like the Heisman winner we saw coming out. And he, I don't know, he's just he's looking really good. He was mossing people. I think both of those wide receivers, him and AJ Brown, are going to be good in that for the rest of the season in that offense. Yeah, that Philly offense is elite. Let's start with Marquise Brown, 17 targets. You mentioned he's like one of three receivers are ready to get 17 targets. I believe Jalen Waddle week two, Devontae Adams week one, both mm-hmm. had 17 targets. Let's keep with Brown, though. Obviously, he's the number one pass catcher on a team that's been playing from behind in three weeks in the Cardinals. But obviously, the question is, what is the production going to be like when DeAndre Hopkins comes out? Hopkins will miss three more weeks via suspension. He'll return week seven. Hopkins presumably returns as the number one option in that Cardinals offense. Do you have any concerns that Hopkins may have lost a step? Last year, he wasn't great. I think you almost have to assume he's lost a step. You know, he's 30 years old. He's, it's not like either of these guys were barn burners. You know, they didn't really rely on their speed necessarily they're just technicians they're still good athletes but I still think he'll be fine but but yeah he's gonna have lost a step and this offense it's still the spread you know even uh Dorch is getting or Doich I don't remember exactly how you pronounce it but he's getting like 10 targets a game Mm -hmm. and then we've still got Rondell Moore so yeah I think once Hopkins comes back I I think Marquise Brown comes back down to earth maybe is like us you know that Two wide receiver three territory for me. Is there somebody that you would maybe try to trade Marquise Brown for right now that's gotten off to a slow start or a receiver? Maybe Devontae Adams, you know? Not like I don't think you could do like a one one for one type deal. But if you could somehow you know, I think guys are panicking on him a little bit because he kind of salvaged his day this last week with the touchdown, but the yards haven't been there. Somebody like just any of these underperforming guys, but like Adams for would definitely be one I would I would see if I would if the owner there is panicking. I'm glad you brought up Devontae Adams. I have him here on my notes, somebody that I wanted to talk about. Max Hollins, 10 targets last week. Devontae Adams also had 10 targets in the Week 3 loss versus the Titans. But Max Hollins turned that into 160 yards. Devontae turned it into just 36 yards. You mentioned he was saved by a touchdown. He was also saved by a touchdown last week, 12 yards in Week 2. Is there any panic with Devontae Adams that obviously, you know, you go from Rodgers to Derek Carr, there's going to be a downgrade, but is there a panic that Adams may be more of like a wide receiver two this year? I don't think wide receiver two. I'm not there yet. I think, well, I don't know where you were with him prior to the season starting. I wasn't, I I did, I was concerned with the target competition he'd have in Vegas and just a downgraded quarterback, but so I had him, you know, maybe around wide receiver five. Mm-hmm, that's where I had him. I would, say, I would say somewhere between wide receiver five and wide receiver 12 is still where he'll finish. I'm not quite panicking yet. The targets are still there. Yeah, the yards aren't, but this team's still figuring it out with a, a new coach and new players on the team. So I'm still being patient. He's just too talented, and I, I was a little low on him coming into my uh, pre-draft process, but... The more I looked into it, I just said, don't get cute. This guy's a great player, and the Raiders are going to throw yeah. him the ball. And it hasn't worked out great through week three weeks, but he's still a top-12 receiver, and he's been bad. So I'm not totally panicked yet or even really panicked at all on Adams. I think he's a good buy yeah. low as well. Let me give you a pick him here. Would you rather have Devontae Adams or, let's say, C.D. Lamb the rest of the season? 
Devontae Adams. What about Jalen Waddle or Devontae Adams? <sighs> Still Adams for me, but it's close. Waddle has surprised me. I wasn't high on Waddle. Neither was I. I thought Tyreek. I thought the combination of Tyreek and the downgraded quarterback would be too much, and he looks better this year than he did last year. So I would say, like, I probably have Adams maybe, like, one spot ahead of uh, Waddle, but ask me again next week, and I might change my mind. Yeah, Tua's played exquisite through three weeks. I was low on Tua as well, and then he's obviously, you know, if he's going to be worth that third pick. You know, he was drafted over Justin Herbert. So if Tua's a talented quarterback, those Miami receivers will flourish. Do you have any week three losers for me? Week three losers. Alvin Kamara. You know, I think we all are a little unsure what the Saints were going to look like, you know, this season with, you know, the full Jameis, a year removed from Drew Brees, no Sean Payton. And Kamara scares me to death right now. Like, he's just not getting the receiving work. There's just a lot of playmakers besides him on the team in the wide receiver group, and I don't see him reaching the levels he was drafted by any means. I mean, I was worried about him with possible legal issues coming into the year, but now I'm more worried about his play, and just it just doesn't look like it's happening for him. I don't even know if he can – Maybe a mid-range RB2 is the way it's looking for me right now. Yeah, Kamara last year didn't catch many passes at all. I believe he caught like 37 last year. It was a real low number. Obviously, Winston was out for majority of the season. But Winston just has not utilized his running backs like Drew Brees has. Like you mentioned, you have Chris Olave in that offense. You obviously have Michael Thomas. Now he's nursing an angle injury, but he's still been good through the first three weeks. You have Jarvis Landry. And on top of it, his offense hasn't scored that many points. 1-10, to 10, I'm going to give you a few players here. Just give me your panic meter on them. When you gave me Kamara, let's go to another running back. 1-10. to 10. What's the panic meter on Najee Harris? I'd say a six. I wasn't super high on him coming into this year. Just It's hard to count on a new quarterback peppering him with like 96 targets, which is what he got last year. He wasn't super efficient last year. Even though Big Ben wasn't great towards the end, it's still not like he, they got necessarily an upgrade at quarterback. So I wasn't super high on this offense and the offensive line had its issues. So I think some of the stuff I was a little worried about last year is kind of coming to life a little bit this year that I see him more as like a mid-range RB1, maybe back-end RB1 going forward. So, so yeah, I'd say like a six. Let me give you two more plays here. Let's go to the quarterback position. It seems like a lot of quarterbacks have underperformed, whether it's Russ, Stafford, Brady, Rodgers. I'm going to give you the, the panic meter on Tom Brady. What is that at? Like a nine. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there were so many off-season headlines with him, like the retirement, and then it just didn't feel like he was 100% in. You know, he's taking time off during, which which whatever, he's, he's the GOAT. I think you can treat him a little differently than maybe other players. But it just, there was Godwin coming back from injury, and then they bring in Julio. It's kind of a different cast of characters. I just, I don't know. I just think there's so many outside elements, and now with all the injuries, I don't know how he – yeah, he might get you a couple of those spike weeks, but it's going to be hard for him to, to to be what he was last year. You know, I think he's more of a fringe QB1, high-end QB2 going yeah, forward. Agreed. And last year he was awesome. Led the NFL in attempts, yards, touchdowns, yeah. almost everything. 
Now, as you mentioned, the receiving core looks different. Godwin's hurt. Evans was suspended. I'm giving Brady a slight, slight pass right now. Obviously, he hasn't had his yeah. wide receiver weapons yet. I'm like a seven, seven, eight on him. But right now, you can't really feel okay. comfortable starting him. If you were like drafting right now, where do you think you'd have him? It's a good question. I don't think you could really. I mean, like he's in that tier, I guess, with Russ and Stafford and Rogers right now, and it's behind. All of the running quarterbacks, it's behind Kyler, yeah. obviously the Hertzes, the Allens, the Herberts of the world. They're like, you yeah. know, in that 10 to 14 range probably. Yep. Yeah, no, I, I, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, I think he could get up to like QB 10, but it's hard to picture him doing any better than that right now. No, and then one more panic. Debo Samuel, just 12 catches through three games. He's the wide receiver, 28. San Fran's continuing to utilize him as like a pass catcher and a running back but he's not doing great at either right now. Obviously, new-look offense now with Jimmy G in there. Sunday night looked like Jimmy was looking for Ayuk a lot. Any panic meter on Debo right now? Yeah, but again, he was a guy that I was a little lower on coming Agreed. into the year because what did he he have eight rushing touchdowns last year? Eight, he was just um, unrealistically efficient last year. Yeah, I, I still really like the player, but I think it's a lot of there's a lot of scheme involved in it. It's not quite as predictable. You said he's got, what, 21 targets? Is it on the year? I believe he's 21 um, targets, 12 catches. Yeah, that's just not – I mean, he was, he was one of the most targeted wide receivers last year before they started using him as a running back. He was one of the most highly targeted wide receivers. And this year with that drop-off, yeah, I'd say panic meter. I would still say maybe like a five. I'm not quite as panicked just because – I mean, they're still trying to give him the ball a lot, mm-hmm. you know, as far as targets and rush attempts. But I, I think that regression in efficiency is showing itself. So, you know, I would probably – I might have him still as like a high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one All right, going let's, forward. All right, let's move on to top free agency ads right now. I saw your post. I believe Khalil Herbert and Jamal Williams are your top two free agent ads. We already talked about Williams. Herbert, to me, is an interesting one. Montgomery, not expected to miss much time. He could even play this week, but you can't ignore Herbert's performance. 30 fantasy points, he was a running back one. My thinking is that you think the Bears will utilize him more, and this might end up being like a 60-40 split moving forward on a team that's running the ball a lot. That's my hope. You know, I was actually hoping this would happen more last year, too. He looked really good in limited action last year, but they just, I mean, it was a different coaching staff, but they just didn't seem to want to give him that much opportunity. I'm hopeful that that's what happens going forward. He just looks, God, I think he's averaging eight. I think on his career, he's close to, no, on his career, I think he's like six yards per carry. But this season, he's averaging like eight yards per carry. So, yeah, he's a guy, he just looks explosive. He just looks really good. And as bad as the running back position has been this year, I think you got to take a shot on guys like that. Yeah, it makes sense. And you mentioned that when Montgomery was out last year, Herbert was excellent. He was used as the workhorse running back. But it seems like every time Montgomery is active, the Bears are insistent on, on using him. Montgomery last year was second in running back snap percentage. And through two weeks before the injury, he was also a top five running back. So the Bears still use Montgomery in that elite utilization category. But I, I do think that you have to give Herbert more touches. Is there a receiver on the free agent market that you're targeting right now? I think there's a lot, a few names I have here. Max Hollins, Joshua Palmer, Romeo Dubs, maybe a giant receiver, any of those guys you're into? Yeah, for me it's Dubs. 
um, or Stobbs. I don't remember if we ever agreed on a pronunciation <laughs> of his last name. But I, again, it's just the it's the Aaron Rodgers connection. You know, I'm just gonna go with that guy. I'm not what was the Raiders guy? I just blanked on his name. Max um, Max Hollins. Yeah, the guy's been in the league a while. I think he's more of a pain if you have Devontae Adams or Darren Waller. Like, I think he's more of a nuisance. I don't know how comfortable I would feel throwing him in my lineup, you know? Another guy, though, that I really like who hasn't really shown yet this this season is Traylon Berg. Mm-hmm. I think I heard he, Pro Football Focus, said that he ran a route on, or he, what was it, 97% of the routes he was a participant in. So I just think it's going to happen for him. I still think Tannehill's a good quarterback, and they're still, they are desperate need of a playmaker on that team. So he's a guy, him and Dobbs are, are the guys that I would be targeting most as far as wide receivers go. And to comment on Burks quickly, I agree with Dobbs. You, you're taking that upside with Aaron Rodgers. Even if it's not Dobbs and it's Christian Watson, I, I want shares of this Green Bay receiving mm-hmm. corpse on my bench because eventually he's going to have that go-to receiver and I don't know who that's going to be right now, so I'm willing to take a chance on it. As for Burks, he's another guy. I was actually high on him in the pre-draft process. He was, to me, not last year's Jamar Chase, but, I mean, you know, he was drafted in the first round to replace A.J. Brown, and after a horrible preseason, he just completely fell down all the draft boards. Obviously, he doesn't have Burrow throwing him the ball, but, you know, Tennessee is a team that you said is desperate for a playmaker, and Burks is their A.J. Brown replacement, so they don't really have a choice but to utilize him. Yeah, and like I said, I still think Tannehill's a good quarterback. It might not show up with, like, gaudy stats, and Derrick Henry, you know, he's still the motor for that offense, but I think if that... I still think the Titans are a sneaky good team. The AFC champions last year before the Bengals knocked them off, and I think they can maybe kind of have a second half of the season surge, and I think Burks can be a big part of that. Okay, and then one more free agency question. We mentioned the quarterbacks, the Russes, the Bradys, the Rodgers, and the Stafford struggling. Right now, I don't think you could feel comfortable really starting any of those four. Is there a free agent this week that you're looking to maybe add if you have one of those four quarterbacks and stream this week? Well, I don't know. As far as – I don't know necessarily this week. Who do the – I meant to look at this. Who do the Jaguars have this week? The Jaguars play the Eagles. Uh I was going to say Trevor Lawrence was going to be kind of the quarterback that I would want. It's almost more of like a contingency plan for one of these guys, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, let me think here. I'm just trying to think who I have for this week. Because I, I think some of these quarterbacks, it's going to be longer than a one-week issue, mm-hmm. you know? I agree. I, Jared Goff, though, he's the QB 11 right now. I don't know if you noticed, but Detroit's the second-highest scoring team in the league. So I think Jared Goff's the guy you could target. I mean – you got Seattle this week. That doesn't really scare me. It's a home game. High over-under. Um, it's at 50 right now. Is it the highest? It is at 50. Buffalo-Baltimore is at 51.5. Cleveland-Atlanta, which was a game I wanted to mention at 50 with Mariota and Brissett. I think Mariota, Brissett, and Goff are three guys. I'd probably start over Brady, Stafford, and maybe Russ this week. Yeah, and Mariota, I mean, he's just got that. He's kind of like a a half-cheat code mm-hmm. as far as his rushing goes. You know, he doesn't get you, like, I mean, he had seven attempts last week, but, I mean, he only got four yards. But he's had at least six attempts, rushing attempts in every game. So he's kind of like a quasi-Konami code, mm-hmm. if you will. So, 
Yeah, I'm I'm fine plugging some of these guys in. I, I am a little intrigued by Goff with that over and under though that you had just mentioned, and just the fact that Detroit. I think I saw they scored a touchdown in every quarter dating back to last season. Well, I want to I want to say I heard a stat like that. So who'd have known that 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 offense would be clicking like that in Detroit? Yeah, the offense is looking good. Obviously, you don't have Swift. Maybe you throw a little more this week. The offensive line in Detroit is their strong suit. So I'm in for Goff. I like Brissett and Mariota as two other streamers. Okay. That's all really I got for week three. Now let's kind of wrap it up. I want to just kind of ask you about yourself, Steve. For people that might not know you, obviously they know you as Fantasy Guides, popular page on Instagram. Where are you from? What's your football team? Yeah, so I grew up in western Colorado, about like in a, t- a small town, like 400 people. It was about an hour from the ski resort Aspen. And then I moved to Denver. And so now I just live kind of in the suburbs of Denver. Broncos have been to my team for since birth. <laughs> I think I was just assigned them as a kid. My dad it was a huge Broncos fan, still is. And yeah, I think my first, I want to say my, what's your team actually? Because you're in the New York area, right? Believe it or not, and I know this could hurt my credibility, but I don't really have a team. <laughs> oh, okay. I grew up, my whole family's big Jet fans, but not really a Jet okay. fan. I'm, just, I'm a fantasy football and, and gambling guy nice. to the core of okay. me. So I know nice. it hurts nice. my credibility though. Well, you know, the thing is, I grew up a, a, like a, literally my Mondays, the mood of my day would be decided by what happened with the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Like I, if they won, I was in a great mood. If they lost, I was like devastated. And early on watching the Broncos, like I, they lost four Super Bowls, Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, as a kid. But then fortunately, when we got Mike Shanahan, they were, we won a few, then we got Peyton. So yeah, no, they're, they're my team. But now kind of similar to you, I still love the Broncos, but I've kind of shifted more to just a fantasy guy. I really enjoy fantasy football. And yeah, I started this page in summer of 2019, kind of just before COVID started. And just, I'm a a graphic designer by trade. I've been doing that for over 20 years. And it just, Instagram kind of was the perfect mix. You know, Mm -hmm. I was able to kind of create these graphics and and write about fantasy football and just kind of meld the two. And I think it worked out pretty well. You know, Instagram's a very visual platform. I I started out, I used to write like these, as, as many characters as Instagram would let me per, per post. Mm-hmm. But I've kind of found since then, like less is more. Less is more. You know, yep. I, yeah, so pretty soon I'll probably just be writing articles in emoji form. You know, if I like a player, happy emoji. Literally. <laughs> Sad emoji, you know. Nobody likes to like read anymore. Player. No, they just want, even when you write stuff, they, they don't read it. And they, they call you out on stuff. And it's like, well, I wrote it right there. Yeah. But, but no, it was just kind of a, the perfect mix. And I, I was, a graphic, like I said, a graphic designer for a very long time. I worked in the ski industry for a long time. And then a little over a year ago, I kind of committed to this full time. So I just launched a podcast just this year. So just kind of getting into the podcast world like you are. Um, and yeah, just been been loving it. Just to me, it doesn't even feel like work. It's, no, it's a blast, which I'm sure you can relate to. Yeah, you've been a page that I've actually followed pretty much from the get go. I started my page like in the middle of COVID, and I saw your page, followed you, kind of you know take what you do and try to mold it into my own way, and you know it works. I, I respect you. I respect what you do, and it's pretty awesome. So what's what's next for you now? I've seen you. You've, you're doing some work with like PFF, Underdog. What's the next step for you? Yeah, well, and also, I, if you want to tell people, you and I, we collaborated on a, 
post you helped me out with where we were talking about fading Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Because I believe this summer he's when we created that together, we both kind of combined some of our research and he was going as the on underdog as the QB two, which we thought was ridiculous. And he's proving us right. So far so, <laughs> so good I, on that one. I, yeah, yeah. Probably like you have tried kind of you know, making connections in the industry. I just went to the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton this just a month ago. Got to meet a lot of new people, a lot of people you would know in the industry that mm-hmm. it was really fun. I felt like a kid at Disneyland, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I'm like seeing these people. I'm like, oh my God, look who that is, you know? Oh my God, that's Michael Fabiano. So yeah. I, I felt like I was starstruck a little bit. But but no, my, my goal is to continue to grow on Instagram. I, like I said, I just started a the Fantasy Guides podcast. We, we've been practicing for a little while, but we just started airing, you know, about two months ago. So we're, we're having a blast with that. That's actually with my brother and a college friend of mine who he gives me all the college uh, Debbie gotcha. stuff. He's Important a to huge have. college guy. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm usually kind of playing catch up come January. Like, okay, who are the names I need to know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but he knows that stuff like years in advance. So it's been, that's been really good. Where can people yeah, find those to, podcasts at, but just so they know? Yeah, I mean, you can find them. It's, it's Fantasy Guides, anywhere podcasts can be found, you know, mm-hmm. on iTunes or Spotify. If you also go to my website, shopfantasyguides.com, it's right on the homepage. You'll see links for it. But, yeah, just trying to grow my brand, not only on Instagram, but on Twitter, on Fantasy underscore guides couldn't get the full handle mm-hmm. on twitter but yeah just trying to grow my brand and grow my business best i can i've got i've got draft guides and i've got season guides that 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 i work on all year dynasty for those that are in dynasty i'm a big dynasty guy i'm not sure if you play dynasty or not not a dynasty guy honestly. what you are or I'm, not. I'm not yeah no it's it's fun but it can be <laughs> I get it. It's a commitment year round. You it know? is. But yeah, no, just I'm really appreciative of you having me on. It's, it's it's been fun. If you ever want to have me back on, let me know. And of course, I'd love to have you on mine. We'll definitely keep in touch. Last question, I'll let you go. What's your advice to somebody that's maybe in our shoes that want to make you know a fantasy football page? If it's not fantasy football, and you know it's fitness, whatever it is, it's fashion. What's your advice to somebody that wants to start up an Instagram page or anything? My advice is whatever you're the most passionate about. So, like, I think you and I can agree that, that we wouldn't be where we were if it wasn't for that passion and just that drive, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, if I was trying to do the same thing for something I wasn't as passionate about, I wouldn't be, you know, up till past midnight or up at 5 a.m. working on stuff, you know? It's because it's I just enjoy it that much that I feel like that's where I've been able to find success. So, I say whatever your passion is, dive into that no matter if you think it's if you're worried people might think it's lame it's not Mm -hmm. as long as you're passionate about it you're going to be successful at it totally agree just work 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 and if you got a passion like we said before it's not even work steve i appreciate you joining me it was a blast it went by pretty fast i think we covered pretty much everything we needed to cover and i really appreciate you joining me and i would love to do it again another time yeah likewise i i enjoyed it as well Hit me up anytime, and I'd, I'd love to come on. And likewise, online. Sounds good, Steve. I appreciate it, and we'll keep in touch. Thank you. All right, bud. Talk to you later. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. 
depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.